Hey there, welcome back. Um, they keep shutting down my podcast. They just destroyed three hours of programming. Scared little five-year-old Mary Trump exposes her Uncle Donald's cruel and disgusting behavior ten minutes ago. Might as such. With the Fries app, you can always save big on your favorites with personalized coupons and deals. So you... Against all it's enemies. Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. Every time I think the former president can't sink any lower, he does. In an extraordinary new article in The Atlantic, Jeffrey Goldberg covers just how close we came to losing our democracy during Trump's first term, and how the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, held the line. One of the stories that jumps out to me is about a comment Trump made within earshot of several people regarding a wounded veteran. Here's Nicole Wallace with a breakdown of what happened. From that piece, quote, at his welcome ceremony at Joint Base Meyer-Henderson Hall, across the Potomac River from the Capitol, Milley gained an early and disturbing insight into Trump's attitude towards soldiers. Milley had chosen a severely wounded Army captain, Luis Avila, to sing God Bless America. Avila, who had completed five combat tours, had lost a leg in an IED attack in Afghanistan, and had suffered two heart attacks, two strokes, and brain damage as a result of his injuries. To Milley and to four-star generals across the Army, Avila and his wife Claudia represented the heroism, the sacrifice, and the dignity of wounded soldiers. After Avila's performance, Trump walked over to congratulate him, but then said to Milley with an earshot of several witnesses, quote, why do you bring people like that here? Nobody wants to see that, the wounded. Never let Avila appear in public again, Trump told Milley. And that was day one on the job for Milley. After I left the Navy, I spent the next decade advocating for veterans. I went back to school, but I felt restless and honestly guilty with so many of my buddies still in Iraq and Afghanistan. I know a lot of the vets watching can relate. At one point, a few months into law school, I found myself driving down to Bethesda Naval Hospital because I wanted to meet with the Marines recovering there. This was at the height of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I had this idea that I was going to this military hospital and provide the patients there with some comfort and some comfort. It didn't take long sitting with those Marines to realize that just the opposite was happening. They were inspiring me. I'll never forget what one young Marine said as he was being wheeled into his tent. He looked me in the eye and said, Sir, I lost my legs. That's it. I didn't lose my desire to serve or my pride in being an American. Now, I know that's not the story of everybody, but it's what I think about when I see someone like Captain Avalos.
the national anthem for his president. I want you to watch this. And putting all of us in harm's way. Sir, I lost my legs. That's it. I didn't lose my desire to serve or my pride in being an American. Now, I know that's not the story of every veteran, but it's what I think about when I see someone like Captain Avalos singing the national anthem for his president. I want you to watch this clip. who rush to his defense every time will point out that we don't have those comments on tape. But who should we believe? General Milley, who has served his country bravely and honorably for decades, or a known pathological liar? There is extensive reporting Captain for those who serve, including credible sources saying he called Americans who died fighting for their country suckers and losers. And let's not forget Trump's comments about John McCain, a certified war hero with the medals to prove it. In this case, we have the actual receipts. And I said, somebody should run against John McCain, who has been, you know, in my opinion, not so hot. And I supported him. I supported him for president. I raised a million dollars for him. It's a lot of money. I supported him. He lost. He let us down. But, you know, he lost. So I never liked him as much after that, because I don't like losers. Frank, Frank, let me get to it. He hit me. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. He was a war hero. In my world, I don't know anyone who looks at a POW and thinks loser, or at a wounded vet and thinks embarrassing. Maybe that's because I spend a lot of time around vets. But I suspect the vast majority of those watching this show feel the same. I suspect the vast majority of Americans feel the same. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. Great video, the one singing out of tune with Trump. Thanks for sharing. <sighs> Seems like I'm first to come in here. I love MTN. Americans love Trump. Captain Bone Spurs. Okay. Captain Bum Spurs. I wrote, I always wonder what do American veterans of the Middle East wars think about the fact that they were illegal wars of aggression? 
If I were a veteran, I would be very angry at the Bush administrations for dragging us into them. Million people, millions of people were displaced because of the Bush family. See what else Midas Touch has. <laughs> hey, hey, vets, hey, veterans. Vote, vets. Said, hey, veterans, Captain Bone Spurs calls you suckers and looters. So vote back. La la la. <laughs> Cruel and disgusting behavior. Trump event instantly gets unhinged at it. Recently, Mr. Williams from Florida suspected that his wife might be cheating on him. She hadn't been working for six months, yet she also had... I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Today is day one of trial in the New York Attorney General Letitia James civil fraud lawsuit on behalf of the state of New York against Donald Trump for his systematic and persistent fraud in his financial valuations. Also, co-defendants include... Eric and Don Jr., as well as the various Trump organizations. The judge presiding over the matter, Judge Ngoron, has already found partial summary judgment against Donald Trump, resulting in the cancellation of Donald Trump's business entities, and Judge Ngoron has ordered the dissolution of the business entities. We're now at trial for the purpose of determining the remaining causes of action as well as for disgorgement claims. In other words, the damages portion of the trial is taking place. Donald Trump showed up to the first day of this trial and further admitted to the claims that he is being charged with, the fraudulent valuations. Donald Trump also attacked the judge 
attacked New York Attorney General Letitia James and generally did everything that you should not do when facing a very serious lawsuit like this that could result in all of his businesses completely shutting down. So first, let me show you right here. This is nah. Donald Trump further admitting to the fraudulent valuation scheme before he stepped into the courtroom. This was a press conference that Donald Trump gave outside of the court. Play this clip. They have one property that's worth anywhere from 50 to 100 times what this judge put down as a value. Put down a value, $18 million, and the property's probably worth, could be anywhere from 50 to 100 times more than that. And a lot of those numbers could even be low. We have other properties, the same thing. So he devalued everything. I didn't even put in my best asset, which is the brand, in terms of value. Coca-Cola, take a look at their value. They have a value. The value of their brand is more than everything else put together. My brand is extremely valuable. I didn't even use it in my financials. If I wanted to build up a financial statement, I would have built it up by using brand in addition to everything else. We have the greatest properties. We have among the greatest properties in the world, and I have to go. So you see in that clip, Donald Trump is claiming that Mar-a-Lago is valued at, I think he said, a hundred times what the judge ruled, he said. And Donald Trump also said he didn't include the Trump brand in the valuations of his properties. Well, let's take the latter uh, thing first, which is Trump absolutely did include his brand in some of his properties and valuations. That's one of the claims. That's one of the stipulated and essentially admitted facts uh, that's at issue in the trial. Um, and then when Donald Trump says that the value of Mar-a-Lago is 100 times what the judge ruled, Donald Trump is further demonstrating his liability there. Judge Ngoron didn't rule on the valuation of Mar-a-Lago. Judge Ngoron looked at what the tax appraisers said the valuation of Mar-a-Lago and all the other properties are. And what did Donald Trump say the appraised value of Mar-a-Lago and his other properties is? Donald Trump asked for a lower valuation of Mar-a-Lago so he can play pay less property taxes. Donald Trump stipulated that the value of Mar-a-Lago was less than $26.6 million in the recent 2020 tax assessment after Donald Trump tried to challenge the Palm Beach tax assessors when they came up with the valuation of $26.6 million. And yeah, there are some people who can say, well, the tax assessment is always lower than the market value, but not 2,900% lower, and that is the underlying fraud at issue there. Um, I'll show you this next clip as well, where Donald Trump says this is all a scam. He's saying that the judge is after him, and he calls New York Attorney General Letitia James a racist. Play the clip. This is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time. We have a rogue judge who rules that properties are worth a tiny fraction, one one hundred, a tiny fraction of what they actually are. We have a racist attorney general who's a horror show who ran on the basis that she was going to get Trump before she even knew anything about me. She used this to run for governor. She failed in her attempt to run for governor. She had virtually no polling. She came back and she said, well, now I'll go back to get Trump again. And this is what we have. It's a scam. It's a sham. If you've got loved ones who depend on you like I do, why leave anything up to chance in a worst case scenario? 
Life insurance gives your family a safety net that can cover expenses like mortgage payments or college costs so they won't have to worry about money while getting back on their feet. Luckily, Policy Genius makes finding the right policy simple, and their team of licensed experts are on hand to help talk you through it. Even if you already have life insurance policy through your work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you ever leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius knows how valuable your time is. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Policy Genius has licensed award-winning agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another so you can trust their guidance. Policy Genius is for parents, caregivers, and our reviews on Google. Link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Again, not something you want to do before you step into court like that. And by the way, Donald Trump, by doing that, is basically just generating more evidence that's going to be played at trial in addition to his deposition which New York Attorney General Letitia James is going to play uh, the New York Attorney General's office is going to show these clips and say look judge he's still making the fraudulent valuations Donald Trump may have claimed the valuation of Mar-a-Lago was 600 or 700 million dollars in the lawsuit now he's saying it's 1 billion or more than 1 billion dollars this is part of the persistent fraud your honor and here's why you should rule in favor of the state of New York. This is the uh, press conference given by New York Attorney General Letitia James where she says no one is above the law and no matter how rich you think you are, you are not above the law. Play the clip. Would you ask it? Are you are not above the law. Play the clip. Good morning, everyone. Donald Trump and the other defendants have committed persistent and repeated fraud. Last week, we proved that in our motion for summary judgment. Today, uh, we will prove our other claims. My message is simple. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law. And it is my responsibility and my duty and my job to enforce it. The law is both powerful and fragile. And today in court, we will prove our case. I thank you all for being here. And again, justice will prevail. Thank you. And folks, the trial was off to a powerful start. You had New York Attorney General Letitia James sitting there. Donald Trump was in the trial. The uh, trial began with playing a footage of the various depositions where essentially all of the Trumps from Eric Trump to Don Jr. to Donald Trump himself all denied responsibility for the statement of financial conditions like each was saying that they had no role in preparing them and Trump said Eric did it, Eric said he didn't do it, Don Jr. said he didn't do it and then they played the deposition testimony of Michael Cohen my co-host here on Political Beatdown and Michael Cohen stated that Donald Trump wanted to inflate the valuations of his properties so he could be higher on the Forbes list that was one of the most important things for Donald 
Donald Trump to be up on the uh, Forbes list. So there you have it, folks, all of that taking place on the first day of trial. We reported here first on the Midas Touch Network that Donald Trump would be attending. But to have Donald Trump in the courtroom with those images, New York Attorney General Letitia James in the courtroom, you see at the council table as well, you have Christopher Keiss is Donald Trump's lawyer there on the left. You have Alina Haba, looks like a, a deer in headlights there huh. on the right. Folks, that is what accountability looks like. Going back to what New York Attorney General Letitia James said, no one is above the law no matter how rich you think you are. We will keep you up to date here as breaking news develops in this trial. I expect there to be, uh, after the presentation of all of the evidence over the next days and weeks, a verdict against Donald Trump to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars that he's going to have to uh, pay back. And we know he only has about $400 million in the bank in cash, if you believe that. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. This is the first update of the New York Attorney General trial uh, in connection with the fraudulent valuation case against Donald Trump. Awesome. Hit subscribe to make sure you stay up to date on all the breaking news. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch if you want to support the growth of this platform, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com. Stepping into conferences. Convicted of persistent fraud. <laughs> Diaper Donald demonstrates persistent fraud at a at a press conference right before stepping <laughs> into a courtroom <laughs> to be convicted of persistent fraud. <laughs> See what else Midas Touch has got for us. Trump steps in it with rally both that will backfire two hours ago. If your dog sleeps with you, this parasite might be sleeping with you as well. If you have any of these symptoms. And last year, I was able to do something that nobody thought was possible. And you have to really think about this and study this because it's very important. We ended Roe v. Wade. You just think about it. Well done, Donald Trump. Aren't you a wonderful 
generous, kind, and spirited man. Yes, but you right. managed to prevent women all over the United States from having an abortion. That is just wonderful. Congratulations yes, yes, to you. Yes. It must mean so much to you. Look, seriously, the United States as a whole, women, when polled, men, when polled, they do not want, seriously, states from having an abortion. That is just wonderful. Congratulations to you. It must mean so much to you. Look, seriously, the United States... Yes. Few adult, few U.S. adults support... U.S. adults support for abortion bans, even in states that have them. Full abortion bans, even in states that have them. An AP NLRC poll finds. The whole, women, when polled, men, when polled, they do not want abortion to be illegal. That is basically how it goes. Poll after poll after poll, the majority of Americans believe that a woman should have the right to choose. And let me give you a statistic that you might not be aware of, something that actually never really gets spoken about, and that is that one in three women in this country will have an abortion in their lifetime. One in three. Just think about that. Donald Trump is taking away a, a right from one in three women in the United States. These people have to get elected. We have to get elected. But I did something that for 52 years people talked. They spent vast amounts of money in fighting it, but they couldn't get the job done. 52 years they fought. And they fought hard. They spent large and have fundraisers every night. They couldn't get the job done. I got the job done. I got it done. And the polling might be in support for Donald Trump and his delicious plan to remove health care from women. If you are asking, I don't know, Christian nationalists or, or evangelical Christians or, you know, groups of, of religious extremists. But we're looking across the entire country. We're looking at the majority of the United States and the I support orchidectomies for convicted rapists. Polling does not support the argument from these groups. The majority of U.S. adults, including those living in states with the strictest limits on abortion, want it to be legal at least through the initial stages of pregnancy. That was a poll from the Associated Press, Nork Center for Public Affairs Research. A recent poll, months. all of my quotes here will be... Diaper Donald, switch parties. Which party's fucking um. Recent polls, that was from late June, a year after the undoing 
of Roe v. Wade in the Supreme Court, the nationwide right to an abortion that had been in place for 50 years. And it's thanks to the three great Supreme Court justices and others on the court that I appointed this issue has been returned to the states where all legal scholars on both sides felt it should be. A few points. Now the pro-life community has tremendous negotiating power. You had none. The poll found 73% of all U.S. adults, including 58% of those in states with the strictest bans, believe abortion should be allowed at six weeks of pregnancy. Gallup did a poll that showed 85% of Americans believe abortion should be legal. NPR, PBS NewsHour, Marist did a poll. They, they discovered that 61% said they mostly support abortion rights. 61% supporting abortion rights, and yet Donald Trump is convinced that to get elected, he needs to be saying this stuff. He needs to be confirming that he was the one that brought this about and taking ownership for removing a woman's right to choose in the United States. A third of Republicans also qualify themselves as mostly supporting abortion rights. A third of Republicans, not an insignificant share in a party that has made opposition to abortion rights a litmus test for political candidates. Now, a pollster for Vox.com, Theresa Undem, wrote that the standard measure used to report the public views on abortion Polling questions used by Pew Research Center, Gallup, Washington Post, ABC News, and others, she said, are, are likely at best flawed. They don't capture how people really think Call about abortion. Lines. The standard measure asks respondents about when or in what cases abortion should be legal. The question wording and the response categories vary across pollsters, but when collapsed into two categories, legal and illegal, you tend to get a divided opinion. Pew, for example, the question they ask people is, do you think abortion should be legal in all cases, legal in most cases, illegal in most cases, or illegal in all cases? Well, when it comes to real-life views on the issue, how people actually experience abortion, the numbers get even more intriguing. Among people who said abortion should only be legal in rare cases, 71% said they would give support to a close friend or family member who had an abortion. 69% said they want the experience of having an abortion to be non-judgmental. 66% said they want the experience to be supportive. 64% want the experience to be affordable. And 59% want the experience to be without added burdens. So what's going on? When some respondents say abortion should be legal only in rare cases, are they thinking of an ideal but unrealistic world? Uh, are they answering the question yeah. in personal terms, cases in which they personally yeah, would too. consider an abortion? In reality, they want each person to decide there and then as individuals rather than have the government decide. Meanwhile, states are passing laws that are closing clinics and limiting access. And more than 200 anti-abortion bills have been proposed in state legislatures across the country. Republicans in Congress are attaching anti-abortion legislation wherever they can. Recently to a bill about doctors' reimbursements for Medicare patients. We need to ask questions about how the public views abortion policy and do so in a real and accurate way.
This is the reality that, you know, nothing is black and white, that life is nuanced. Healthcare in the U.S. is a bit of an oxymoron. You know, it's like for those that can afford it, they're going to have abortions, whether they are Republican or Democrat. But what we need to get to is a point where women can choose between them and their health professional what is right for them, not for a white, rich lawmaker or even a deranged and disgraced ex-president to decide for you. We ended Roe v. Wade. You just just think about that. You just think about it. I'm Anthony Davis. You can hear me every day on the 5-Minute News Podcast, on Wednesdays co-hosting Uncovered, and on Sundays on The Weekend Show with Midas Touch. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch. Keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Hello, I'm Martin Sheen with an urgent message. Will you chip in before midnight? To help re-elect well, Sheriff Brown to the version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. Where's the part about Mary It Trump? makes me wonder about the psychological state of the former president. What kind of person meets a wounded soldier and says, no one wants to see that? It's classic bullying behavior. And anyone who stood up to a bully knows that deep down, they're all just cowards operating from a place of deep insecurity. I asked a clinical psychologist about this during an interview on Burn the Beds. Mary Trump, the former president's niece, brings a unique perspective on just how damaged the former president is. In the time we have left, I I, I want another (laughs) clinical psychologist's insight. Growing up, I, I was fortunate enough to come around to the realization that the bullies I encountered were actually pitiful characters. They were all invariably from broken homes, and they were bullying as a way of of compensating for something. You have described your uncle as a scared little five-year-old, and that that story of the mashed potatoes, maybe I can link to in the show. I'm not going to ask you to to rehash it again, but, you know, it just captures every little bully I, I ever knew. Is there ever a part of you that feels sorry for your uncle? No, um, not at all. Although, what I will say, because, uh, listen, I, I know plenty of people who've had much worse childhoods without the benefit of the enormous advantages that he experienced, um, who turned out to be decent, kind, empathetic, productive human beings. So uh, there's no excuse for what he does and who he's chosen to become. Um, But, you know, if you read my book, I would hope, the first book, which is mostly about my family. Uh, I would hope that people come away having a great deal of compassion for the five children, including Donald and my father, who were raised by uh, 
a sociopath, my grandfather, on the one hand, and a deeply personality-disordered mother on the other hand. Uh, so you can feel, listen, uh, you know, bullies, serial killers, all, all sorts of people, horrible people, had terrible childhoods, and we should have compassion for that. Uh, the children and what they experience. But that's that's a very separate issue. Uh, Donald Trump, as he currently exists, deserves none of our compassion. Um, and all of our uh, enmity, and we should do everything in our power to make sure that he never, ever ascends to any office in which he has power over the lives of the American people. Yeah, I am with you 100% on that. My sympathy for bullies stops when they get the nuclear code, and probably a <laughs> lot before that. That's, wow, that was stark, but true. I think the great irony here is that the former president, who cannot stand the sight of actual heroes, is himself a bully and a coward. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about your blood flow? Redwood uses just a few simple, completely natural ingredients to increase your body's nitric oxide production. This, in turn, lowers your blood pressure and increases the rate of blood flow in your body. This results in several different positive effects, including increased metabolism, heightened memory and concentration, and a fortified immune system. What Redwood does is actually very simple. Redwood optimizes your blood flow. My name is Chris, and when I was 19 years old, I was diagnosed with a pituitary tumor that almost killed me. Long story short, the tumor was blocking my hormone production. I was put on antidepressants and synthetic tea for treatment. I ended up gaining over 70 pounds. Everything in my life from grades to girls fell apart. I was personally experiencing how big a role hormones can play in one's life. Lucky for me, I was at Duke University studying neuroscience. I became obsessed with hormones in the brain because now it was personal. First thing I found out was how awful antidepressants and synthetic hormones are for your body. Step one was to immediately get off the pharmaceuticals. Step two was finding a natural solution to my problem. I used the academic resources and laboratories at my disposal to accumulate mountains of research, and I found one thing that everyone needs and nobody has enough of, blood flow. You see, blood flow is the basis for nutrient delivery. My research began to illuminate natural mineral-based solutions to common problems, but most natural minerals need a chance to be delivered efficiently in order to work. That kept leading me back to one thing, blood flow. So how did I end up here? I increased the rate of my blood flow. This was being done using some ingredients I bet you've heard of, vitamin C, garlic, horse chestnut, and pine bark. You see, Redwood isn't just a magic pill. It's just an extremely effective combination of vitamins and minerals and barks, 100% natural. It's a simple but precise formula based off nature's innate wisdom and ingredients certified effective by 57 modern medical research studies. I'm glad you're still watching because right now I'm gonna tell you exactly what Redwood has done for me and hundreds of thousands of other Redwood customers. It's been massively effective and life-changing for those who've used it. In short, the results of increasing blood flow were even greater than I expected. As I sped up my blood flow, the rest of my life seemed to speed up along with it. Since then, I've gotten into the... Again, but you know it just captures every little bully I and we have left I, I I want another clinical psychologist's insight growing up I I was 
fortunate enough to come around to the realization that the bullies I encountered were actually pitiful characters. They were all invariably from broken homes and they were bullying as a way of, of compensating for something. You have described your uncle as a scared little five-year-old and that that story of the mashed potatoes, maybe I can link to it in the show. I'm not going to ask Fucking you to, brat. to rehash it again, but you know, that it just captures loved. every little bully nobody I, loved it. I ever knew. Is there the ever ass. a part of you? They sent it to military school because they fucking hated him. No, um, not at all. Although, what I will say, because uh, listen, I, I know plenty of people who've had much worse childhood. He's a terrorist. Without the benefit of the enormous advantages that he experienced, um, who turned out to be decent, kind, empathetic, productive human beings. So uh, there's no excuse for what he does and who he's chosen to become. Um, But, you know, if you read my book, I would hope, the first book... um, which is mostly about my family. Uh, I would hope that people come away having a great deal of compassion for the five children, including Donald and my father, who were raised by uh, a sociopath, my grandfather on the one hand, and a deeply personality disordered mother on the other hand. Uh, So, you can feel, listen, uh, you know, bullies, serial killers, all, all sorts of people, horrible people, had terrible childhoods, and we should have compassion for that. Uh, the children and what they experience. But that's that's a very separate issue. Uh, Donald Trump, as he currently exists, deserves none of our compassion. Um, and all of our uh, enmity and we should do everything in our power to make sure that he never, ever ascends to any office in which he has power over the lives of the American people. Yeah, I am with you 100% on that. My sympathy for bullies stops when they get the nuclear codes, and probably a lot before that. <laughs> That's... Wow, that was stark, but true. Malignant, narcissistic, not <laughs> I think uh, the great irony here is that the former president, who cannot stand the sight of actual heroes, is himself a bully and a coward. Is that it? Where's the rest of this interview, man? Where's the rest of your interview with Mary Trump? fucking short. My grandfather was a PAW and spent years in a prison camp overseas during World War II. Trump's comments about John McCain being a loser and not a hero because Donald Trump likes the ones who weren't captors was the beginning of my deep disdain for him. 
for draft dodging cowards. Draft dodging cowards. America, please come to your senses and ensure that this man never gets near the White House again. I'm the only uh, presidential candidate calling for. Fourteenth Amendment. Said I'm the only presidential candidate calling for court-ordered psychiatric evaluation of Diaper Donald, as well as additional ch charges of treason and terrorism. Any step, any definitely must not get on the ballot. Must not. Get on the ballot. Everybody make sure your Secretary of State did not put his name on the ballot. Diaper Don. Fucking Diaper Don. Diaper Don disqualified himself when he incited insurrection. Fucking one nagged. Oh man. GP is ready to oust McCarthy as speaker after a massive defeat. I already called um fucking pervert Matt Getz. Already called for his ouster. Um, Jack Smith's powerful footnote smokes out Trump's serious threats. Smokes them out, huh? So what's the best way? I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. When you read a legal filing, make sure you read the footnotes. <laughs> especially when it's a legal filing by special counsel Jack Smith. Footnote 9 in Special Counsel Jack Smith's reply in support of a limited gag order against Donald Trump is so powerful, and it calls out something that we covered here on the Midas Touch Network when Donald Trump's spokesperson, Stephen Chung, posted on social media a video of Donald Trump seemingly purchasing a Glock purchasing a firearm, which would be a clear violation of the terms of Donald Trump's release for the various felony indictments that he is under. Once that became public and it became obvious that Donald Trump 
had violated the law if indeed he made a purchase. Stephen Chung then put out a statement, statement that there was a misunderstanding and that Donald Trump did not purchase the Glock, which is a complete and total lie. But Special Counsel Jack Smith addresses that in the reply in support of a limited gag order in footnote number nine to show that, number one, either Donald Trump's and Donald Trump's spokespeople lie about everything, number two, and equally true, yeah. that he poses a clear and present threat and is violating the terms of his release. Let's take a look at footnote nine right here. It says the following. Soccer. The defendant recently mm -hmm. was caught potentially violating his conditions of release and tried to walk that back in similar... Shocker. Fashion to I how said Donald shocker. Diaper Don again violated the terms of his release. How about one night in pretrial incarceration? Okay. Trump tried to walk back his other threats. More on that in a moment. In particular, on September 25th, the defendant's campaign spokesman, Stephen Chung, posted a video of the defendant in the Palmetto State Armory, a federal firearms license in Somerville, South Carolina. The video posted by the spokesman showed defendant Donald Trump holding a Glock pistol with the defendant's likeness etched into it. The defendant stated, quote, I've got to buy one and posed for pictures with the owners. The defendant's spokesman captioned the video tweet with representations that defendant Donald Trump had purchased the pistol, exclaiming, quote, President Trump purchases an at Glock in South Carolina. The spokesman subsequently deleted the post and retracted his statement, saying that the defendant, quote, did not purchase or take possession of the firearm, a claim directly contradicted by the video showing the defendant possessing the pistol. See Fox. Trump campaign walks back claim former president purchased Glock amid questions about legality. Despite his spokesperson's retraction, the defendant then reposted a video of the incident posted by one of his followers with the caption, My President, Trump just bought a golden Glock before his rally in South Carolina after being arrested four times in a year. The defendant, Donald Trump, either purchased a gun in violation of the law and his conditions of release, or seeks to benefit from his supporters' mistaken belief that he did so. It would be a separate federal crime, and thus a violation of the defendant's conditions of release, for him to purchase a gun while this felony indictment is pending. So as Jack Smith says, two things either happened here, or both. Number one, Donald Trump is misleading his followers to believe that he purchased a gun in order to threaten witnesses or Donald Trump violated the law and committed a felony in violation of 18 U.S.C. section 922N. 
And why is special counsel Jack Smith mentioning this in a footnote? Because he is addressing one of Donald Trump's ridiculous arguments in opposition to the limited gag order being sought by special counsel Jack Smith in the Washington, D.C. federal case, where Donald Trump says, oh, Jack Smith and his filing for a limited gag order intentionally omitted that when Donald Trump previously stated, if you come after me, I'm coming after you, that was not about the witnesses in the various criminal cases. That was about the Koch Brothers PAC Political Action Committee. That's what Donald Trump's spokesperson claimed at that time. And then Special Counsel Jackson is like, that makes no sense. And these are just the lies that he tells all the time. The same way that his spokesperson, Steve Chung, lies for a living like he did here, where Steve Chung said, oh, Donald Trump didn't purchase the gun or brandish the gun. You see him doing that on a video, and then Donald Trump reposted that as well. Just so I can remind you, let me show you the video that Stephen Chung posted. And Stephen Chung said, Trump purchases a Glock in South Carolina. Here's the video that was purchased. By the way, leaving no doubt about it, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her boyfriend, Brian Glenn, who runs one of the right-wing broadcast uh, networks, um, propaganda network, they confirmed, they were there, they confirmed that Donald Trump acquired the firearm. Play the clip. Something. Go ahead. President Trump is having a great time. So he went shopping. I don't know if you were you in there? I was there with him in the, in the, uh, in the armory. And he made a couple of comments about wanting a gun. Yeah. And so... So, President Trump is a great defender of the Second Amendment. Thank goodness, because Joe Biden and his administration are coming after our Second Amendment. But President Trump found a gun he liked. It was a Glock. And it had, it had a beautiful uh, uh, picture of him on the side of the Glock. And he said, I'd like to buy this gun. I heard him say that. <laughs> and I was behind him when he said it. And I said, well, I think he said... He wants to buy that gun, so we can confirm that President yeah, Trump uh, I got, a picture got, the, for you. got that gun today. Look, let me show you. It's it great. Was, Hang on one second. Right here. Let's see if we can. President uh, Trump. Might be really <laughs> difficult to hide. Let's hold it steady. Let's see if James can get a, t a tight shot of that. You see that, James? You got it? <laughs> oh, and I just have to mention this. I'm going to digress for one moment. Yeah. Brian Glenn in the event, the rally that Donald Trump gave in Iowa over the weekend, stated that he thinks that uh, liberal women are too ugly and too hairy and look like me. That's <laughs> what Marjorie Taylor Greene's MAGA boyfriend is saying, by the way. Here, play this clip of Brian Glenn. If you're like me and hate wired bras, the poking wires, or the digging straps, this one's for you. This right here is a supportive, comfort, wireless shaping bra from Shaperman. I am just obsessed with the extra band covers that it allows on the bottom for a smooth shape informed bed. There's also modern foam cups inside the bra for not only maximum coverage, but also a perfect fit. It provides unbeatable comfortability, support, style, and lift. And here's the kicker. It is completely wire-free. However, it is just as supportive as wired bras. It's uber stretchy. It has buttery soft fabric for ultimate comfort. It's like I forget I even have it on. And on the back, it has the hook and eye. It has convertible straps. And there's even adjustable straps with no slip comfort. So you can customize all of your bra straps 
just to you. Magical. My most favorite part of all is the Sweetheart Cut Line. It's just such an attractive look. Comes in all of the neutral colors. I have it in black, I have it in white, and I have it in tan. I honestly just wish that I knew about this bra before. Liberal women tend to be some of the ugliest women I've ever seen. And I'm serious. I mean, zero makeup. Well, they, they take no pride in the. Well, they want to be men. They take no pride in their in their in their dress, their attire, their makeup, their haircut. Half of them look like men. Hairy armpits, hairy legs. Come on, that is not embracing uh, what it what it means to be a woman. Sorry that I digressed for a moment and had to show you that video, but I just want to show you how pathetic this MAGA movement has become. But as you go back to Special Counsel Jack Smith's brief right here. Here's what he states. He says, Defendant Donald Trump's opposition makes no attempt to address most of the factual record that the government submitted to the court regarding Defendant Donald Trump's history and current practice of using public statements to target individuals, and instead Donald Trump advances conclusory statements that the government's claims are baseless. That is because he cannot explain away the obvious intent and well-known effect of his words. The single statement that defendant does address in a footnote, notice the pathetic Trump footnotes versus the powerful Jack Smith footnote. So the footnote of Donald Trump states that the threatening truth social post he issued on August 4th, the day after his arraignment in this case, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you, the defendant Donald Trump complains that the government's motion for a limited gag order did note that after public outcry, or did not note that after public outcry, given the objectively reasonable understanding of defendant's post as a threat, a spokesperson issued a statement claiming that the defendant had issued the threat in a response to the Koch brothers, the special interest group. So Donald Trump saying, Jack Smith, you should have mentioned that. And Jack Smith says, though, but the spokesperson's after-the-fact explanation is implausible on its face. The truth is clear. The defendant was caught making a public threat and then had a spokesperson issue an excuse. As the court has stated, quote, even arguably ambiguous statements from parties or their counsel, if they could reasonably be interpreted to intimidate witnesses or prejudice potential jurors, can threaten the process. The defendant should not be permitted to obtain the benefit of his incendiary public statement and then avoid accountability by having others, whose messages he knows will receive markedly less attention than his own, feign retractions. And that's where that footnote 9 is dropped. Likewise, no other criminal defendant would be permitted to issue public statements insinuating that a known witness in his case should be executed, referring to Donald Trump threatening to execute yeah. General Mark Milley. This defendant should not be treated any differently. A yeah. powerful, powerful footnote, a powerful message from Special Counsel Jack Smith. So what comes next? There will now be Jail a hearing time. before Judge Tanya Chutkin. On October 16th, where Judge Chutkin will hear arguments on the limited gag order, and I expect her to confront Donald Trump's lawyer with his statements 
and ask them, you think this is appropriate? You stand by these specific statements? Stay tuned, folks. We will be covering that. But wanted to make sure I focused on that powerful footnote. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers. If you want to help grow this platform, check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H. Okay, come on, Judge Shutkin. Give him just one night in fucking prison. Dare you. Fucking cowards. Everyone's a fucking coward when it comes to this motherfucker. Siamese are very uh, talkative, aren't you? They're very, very, um, meant to be quite vocal. Yes, they're the closest kitty cat to the dog. You apparently teach them how to fetch a ball. Mine's, they call them a couch potato, Pat called them a couch potato. He was all traumatized when he got out. Weren't you my love? He just went off into the wilderness for like a day and a half and <sighs> poor sweethearts. Anyway. Hunter Biden makes most aggressive move yet against GOP fabrications. Nice. If you don't hit a jackpot in the first 10 spins, just delete the app. This is a brand new Vegas-style slots game with super high payouts. If you're lucky, you can win a jackpot of 10 trillion in as soon as 15 minutes and easily hit 10 jackpots within 5 minutes, which means you can win more jackpots by playing this... Oh, feckle. Feckle. Hey, everybody. Deborah Riggleman here, former congressman, former senior technical advisor to the January 6th committee. Riggleman, yeah. And... In bad lighting here at a hotel room. I figured I had to do this spontaneously, and even though I'm on travel, I think I owe it to individuals and to people out there through the Midas Such Network to talk about the Hunter Biden lawsuits against Rudy Giuliani and Garrett Ziegler. I want to talk about how the media has actually let down most of the people following this case, or all of them, but also how non-forensic data can be ripped apart and examined using forensic techniques and why it's so dangerous for individuals to meddle if you have real forensic professionals looking at data. I'm also going to tell you why Hunter Biden team is being so aggressive. But first, let's start with the data itself. I'm sure many of you have seen reports from CBS or WAPO or people saying that, and most of those people being those who think Hunter Biden's laptop has even created COVID. But you've seen people talk about these publications validating Hunter Biden's laptop even talking about the whistleblowers and the FBI validating a laptop. Well, I'm sorry to say, folks, that a lot of those publications like CBS and WAPO, and especially the New York Post, were simply wrong. Now, they could have been wrong by accident. They didn't know exactly what the question was or how the data was supposed to be categorized. But when you talk about validating a laptop, you have to have certain codes or certain algorithmic ways to validate that data. When you read the articles from CBS and WAPO and even New York Post, which is the worst of them, let's be honest, you can see that they never identified it as coming from a laptop. Why? 
because it's impossible. There is no forensic evidence or forensic chain of custody to indicate in any way that any data in the public sphere that's been attributed to Hunter Biden's laptop is actually from the laptop. Think about what I just said there. Also, we also know now, since now the Hunter Biden team has the John Paul MacIsaac data that was given to Rudy Giuliani and given to CBS, we also know that that data had no forensic chain of custody and it was not a forensic copy of any type of laptop or even multiple devices that we can see. It was just a copy-paste of files, more or less. There is no forensic chain of custody. And when Rudy Giuliani got that data, that data bloomed everywhere to multiple people, dozens of individuals who touched Hunter Biden's data in one way or the other, wherever that data came from. Now, obviously, I'm not going to say there's not one laptop out there that would be ludicrous. But to say that there's not multiple devices out there would be ludicrous also. We know that there's different data sets in different portions of the Internet attributed to Hunter's data or to Hunter's laptop. Again, that should that should be alarm bells for everybody. But it's boring. It's not as sexy as Hunter Biden's laptop as part of a globalist or deep state conspiracy theory or part of child trafficking rings or part of money laundering or part of improper influence or part of Ukraine or part of China. All the sexy stories that people want to report on. This is our issue. The media was using sourcing from data that had no forensic chain of custody and using people that were involved with J6. Steve Bannon, Rudy Giuliani, Eric Ziegler, who worked for Peter Navarro, part of the J6 conspiracy lunacy, Jack Maxey, worked with Steve Bannon, Wo Wing Zhi. We're talking about all these individuals that are either in jail, some have been charged, most are being sued. You have those that have lost their law licenses, you have felons. All of this is happening. These are the sources that the mainstream press have used to push the Hunter Biden narrative. So no forensic data and sources that were exactly the same as the J6 conspiracy push. Mainstream media is asking the wrong questions. Guilty of what? That's the thing about data. It can be very boring. What I'm trying to tell everybody here is that data, ones and zeros, make the best witness. Validated data is what we need to use for facts-based insights. Now, I'm not on the legal side, just on the data forensic side. We've delivered our data. But now that we've had the data from John Paul MacIsaac, we can also tell you unequivocally that it was worded badly, um, that maybe CBS had forensic individuals that were just looking at data rather than where the, what device it might have come from. In the New York Post, which I'm going to have another Midas Touch Network hit, where I talk about that ridiculousness when it comes to the United States Secret Service and the ridiculous reporting from the New York Post. We have to talk about the media being complicit, any of them using sources and data that are unverifiable. Now, you talk about using non-forensic techniques against forensic data. That's something we did. That led us to the questions that we needed to ask to get to where we are today. Once you see data in the, say, outside in the public that's supposed to come from a device, but it can't proven to become that can't be proven to come from a device, that means that we have to look deeper. So now that we do have forensic data, Hunter Biden team has more forensic data than anybody else out there. We can actually start to compare and contrast, and that's why you see the aggress- aggressiveness from the Hunter Biden legal team. Now, again, I'm sorry, I'm doing this really in one take, um, right here in a hotel room for Midas Touch. But I want people to be aware that when see reporting or reporters saying that the Hunter Biden laptop has been validated. 
We can say that the FBI has a laptop. What we can't say is that the data in the public sphere, any of it that's attributed to a laptop, is from one laptop or from multiple devices or even from hacked data. We know data has been manipulated. We know data has been added or it's been deleted. All the data sources that we have were supposedly either pristine or used for reports like Marco Polo or the 4chan data set have no forensic tail. They do not exist. And that's by using forensic science. Now, the legal side, I know that's going to turn out for Hunter when it comes to some of these things that he's been charged with, whether it's gun charges, whether it's other charges of that nature. I don't, because that's the criminal side of it. Things that were already down the road when I came on, I can tell you this. That disinformation is real. And destroying somebody's digital identity is something we all have to worry about. Even if somebody has done something bad in the past, doesn't mean that they should be judged for that in eternity, especially if you're an addict. I think that's the one thing I've learned about this, is to really have more compassion for individuals. I want to tell everybody here, when you're looking at reporting that's going on right now, the first thing you should ask is, what's the source? The second thing you should ask is, is the data validated? And the third thing you should ask is, do they even understand the data they're looking at? So again, thank you very much. It was great to be here. I know this wasn't probably the longest one for Midas Touch. But I wanted to ensure all of you that whatever I put out there and our forensic team puts out there, it is validated data. It is something that will stand up in court. Right now, what you're looking at what's happening to one individual, or you're looking at committees trying to link Hunter with the president on certain types of crimes, you can be curious. You can... Maybe be skeptical. You can say that maybe all politicians do this. Maybe this is how we are. Maybe it's all about influence peddling. All these things you're allowed to think. But I would ask you, as somebody watching this, as a baseline of wanting to know the truth, what is the source? And if I say the names again, pictures pop up. Do you trust the sourcing from Rudy Giuliani? Do you trust the sourcing from John Paul MacIsaac? Do you trust the sourcing from Steve Bannon? Do you trust the sourcing from Bob Costello? Do you trust the sourcing from Eric Ziegler? Do you trust the sourcing, and you can look into this individual of Tory Morris? Do you trust the sourcing of Patrick Byrne? Do you trust the sourcing of any of those? And as you saw those pictures pop up, it's the first thing you think of. Is it valid source? It isn't. Again, look at the sourcing. Look at the data. Here's what I can say to you. As you watch the lawsuits come out, read them, you can see why there's a lot of confidence in what we're seeing in data. This is a new world. The information war is a new forever war. I'm happy to be a person that people can trust to just look at data. If other things come, we have to look at that. Um, in the future, there's other forensic patterns we have to see, we have to figure out, we will do that. But before that happens, I just want everybody to know the right thing is going to be done when it comes to data by people like me and other people who want the American people to know the truth. Have a great night. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. point that this whole thing is a uh, smear campaign against Biden.
Would you ask Instacart for personalized game day recipes? Instead of them trumped up charges. Fake evidence, fake evidence, tampered. Text messages and change the context. about alimony exclamation point they should all be Trista Capraz Trump Capraison said yeah, but I think you're missing the point that this whole Hunter Biden BS is all about a smear campaign, about waging a smear campaign against Joe Biden. They were just found to have, they just entered fake evidence, photoshopped messages. Uh, fake messages. They, um, uh, falsified They should all be charged with for misconduct and remove that and also for January 6th insurrection. Never forget. better all the time nothing you and I won't do let's stop the world yeah why why isn't uh, Steve Bannon I've always said that Hunter Biden should charge them with uh, and false fraud and harassment and defamation.
Voice said that Hunter Biden should charge Giuliani, Bannon, etc. for theft of his laptop and fraud and falsifying information and harassment and defamation. Fuck him. Charge him with all those things. <laughs> my free, uh, my free legal advice. My free legal advice for Hunter. One for minus touch. No, one or two and Kind of cute, actually. Ready to oh, start shit. eating healthier? Meet Kachava. Kachava is the world's healthiest he all-in-one like meal. Radiant. Well, as we like predicted, happy. we don't have to work to ensure all of you that whatever I put out there and our forensic team puts out there, it is validated data. It is something that will stand up in court. Right now, what you're looking at what's happening to one individual, or you're looking at committees trying to link Hunter with the president on certain types of crimes, Woo. you can be curious. You can maybe be skeptical. Uh, you can say that maybe all politicians do this. Maybe this is how we are. Maybe it's all about influence peddling. All these things you're allowed to think. But I would ask you, as somebody watching this, as a baseline of wanting to know the truth, what is the source? And if I say the names again, and the huh? pictures pop up, do you trust the sourcing from Rudy Giuliani? Do you trust the sourcing from John Paul MacIsaac? Do you trust the sourcing from Steve Bannon? Do you trust the sourcing from Bob Costello? Do you trust the sourcing from Eric Ziegler? Do you trust the sourcing, and you can look into this individual of Tory Morris. Do you trust the sourcing of Patrick Byrne? Do you trust the sourcing of any of those? And as you saw those pictures pop up, it's the first thing you think of. Is it valid source? It isn't. Again, look at the sourcing, look at the data. Here's what I can say to you. As you watch the lawsuits come out, read them, you can see why there's a lot of confidence in what we're seeing in data. This is a new world. The information war is a new forever war. I'm happy to be person that people can trust to just look at data. If other things come, we have to look at that. Um, in the future, there's other forensic patterns we have to see, or we have to figure out, we will do that. But before that happens, I just want everybody to know the right thing is going to be done when it comes to data by people like me and other people who want the American people to know the truth. Have a great night. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.
the rain was unstoppable. Okay, let's go there. Oh my gosh, you are. Hello, darling. Shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University of Aridstone. And KPYT, Pasquayaki, Tribal Radio, Tribal Radio, Tribal Radio. On the Reds with Trista Show, Tribal Radio, Tribal Radio. See what else they got going on. One modest touch. K hits. Red station. Trump loses it during lunch break at trial and threatens judge. <laughs> loses his mind just a little more. Running out of it's a judge. Running out of This is a judge that should be out of office. This is a judge that some people say should be charged criminally for what he's doing. He's interfering with an election. That is a disgrace. Thank you very much. Mr. Trump, why do you want to be here? That was Donald Trump attacking the judge presiding over the case, Judge Ngoron. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. What you just watched took place during the lunch break of the civil trial that has just commenced in the New York Attorney General's civil fraud case against Donald Trump. Before trial started, Donald Trump gave a press conference where he essentially admitted to the fraud that he was being accused of in the case. Then during a lunch break, Donald Trump attacked the judge, called Judge Ngoron a criminal, said the judge should be disbarred. That is how desperate Donald Trump is in this next clip. Donald Trump says that the judge is a Democratic operative. Play this clip. The violent crime that's being committed in our city and our state is disgraceful, and we're going to be here for months with a judge that already made up his mind. It's ridiculous. He's a Democrat judge, he's an operative, and it's ridiculous. Other than that, things went very well. When are you going to have more? Will you come back after lunch, Mr. Trump? Uh, probably. <laughs> Well, none of this seems to be getting to Judge Ngoron. You can see Judge Ngoron right here. There are cameras allowed in the courtroom, not for the trial itself, but at the beginning of the trial, during the breaks, uh, cameras have been able to record what's going on. That's how we get you that feed right there, and that's Judge Ngoron right there. And in typical Donald Trump projection and confession fashion, here he is saying during the lunch break that he was the person who was actually defrauded. Play the clip. Which I've sold are worth much more than were listed in the financial statement. 
So what's transpired at trial already? Well, opening statements were given. The New York Attorney General's office said, follow the documents, read Donald Trump's deposition. They played portions of the depositions where Donald Trump says that he doesn't review his statement of financial conditions. Eric Trump says he's not responsible for the statement of financial conditions. Don Jr. said that he's not responsible for the statement of financial conditions. And then the New York Attorney General's office showed the statement of financial conditions, showed the valuations that the Trumps gave the properties when they wanted lower property taxes, and then when they wanted to get favorable bank loans. What was Donald Trump's argument? Well, he blamed my co-host, who's a key witness in this case. Michael Cohen said that the state's uh, case... Battery low attack Michael Cohen's reputation. They called Michael Cohen a liar. Michael Cohen will be a key witness uh, in this case, and I'm excited to interview Michael Cohen on the show, Political Beatdown, about everything that is going on. And then before the trial took place, Donald Trump gave a press conference where, again, he essentially admitted to the underlying fraud he was accused of. Play this clip. They have one property that's worth... Anywhere from 50 to 100 times what this judge put down as a value. Put down a value, $18 million, and the property's probably worth, could be anywhere from 50 to 100 times more than that. And a lot of those numbers could even be low. We have other properties, the same thing, so he devalued everything. I didn't even put in my best asset, which is the brand, in terms of value. Coca-Cola, take a look at their value. They have a value. The value of their brand is more than everything else put together. My brand is extremely valuable. I didn't even use it in my financials. If I wanted to build up a financial statement, I would have built it up by using brand in addition to everything else. We have the greatest properties. We have among the greatest properties in the world, and I have to go. I know a lot of you watching are entrepreneurs. You run your own business, and I run a business too. So I know how hard it is to manage your numbers, manage the trends, manage the market and budget, everything. But not every business is in the dark because of our sponsor today. Now, some people are concerned that they might have to go for a long period without getting outside food. Well, I'm going to show you something. Political today. NetSuite. All this information in one place to make better. Right now, Midas. That's netsuite.com slash Midas to get your own KPI checklist. NetSuite.com slash Midas. And it should be noted, I've said this before, let me say it again, Judge Ngoron has not ruled about what the valuation of Trump's properties are. The judge isn't an independent tax appraiser. The judge Ngoron simply looked at what the tax appraisals were, looked at Trump's stipulated amounts for what Trump said the valuation is. So take Mar-a-Lago, for example. Trump said the valuation of Mar-a-Lago is less than $26.6 million when he wanted to get uh, favorable property taxes, which he secured. And Donald Trump argued that he has all of these historical easements and encumbrances, so I want to pay less property taxes. And then when Donald Trump wanted to inflate the valuation to get out favorable bank loans, Donald Trump increased the valuation of the property and essentially, in his own mind, removed the encumbrances of it. So by Donald Trump saying that the property is worth a billion dollars, which would be what, like 4,000% more than the appraised value. He's basically stipulating to the underlying liability.
already there. This is New York Attorney General Letitia James before trial commenced. Play the clip. Good morning, everyone. Donald Trump and the other defendants have committed persistent and repeated fraud. Last week, we proved that in our motion for summary judgment. Today, uh, we will prove our other claims. My message is simple. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law. And it is my responsibility and my duty and my job to enforce it. The law is both powerful and fragile. And today in court, we will prove our case. I thank you all for being here. And again, justice will prevail. Thank you. Also, during the morning session of trial, uh, the judge had to explain to Donald Trump that he and his lawyers waived jury trial because they didn't check the box about uh, requesting a jury. So Donald Trump get, got to learn that uh, his lawyer, Alina Haba, didn't request a jury trial. That's the reason why you have Judge Ngoran presiding over this as a bench trial and not a jury trial. Also, you had Judge Ngoran reject as out of hand Donald Trump's lawyer's argument that this is a political person and Judge Ngoran said, absolutely not. It would be a dereliction of the duty of New York Attorney General Letitia James not to pursue this civil fraud case. So folks, what is being determined at this trial since partial summary judgment was already granted on the first cause of action resulting in the cancellation of the business licenses and the dissolution of the Trump organization is the monetary damages, the disgorgement, and some other remedies including ban the Trumps from doing further business in New York. I expect there, over the course of this trial as it concludes, to be a judgment in the amount of several hundred millions of dollars. You see how desperate and angry Donald Trump is. Next up, we believe Donald Trump will be testifying. We'll keep you posted on Donald Trump's testimony, which I think will take place over the course of many, many days. So stay tuned, folks. Make sure you subscribe so you're up to the up to date on all of the breaking news here. Hit subscribe and check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Have a great day. Hey Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Why are women everywhere choosing Abby X, the new Tummy Tuck Alternative? I got the tummy tuck results without the tummy tuck downtime. Get a flat, tight tummy fast with Sonabella's new Abby X. One visit fat and loose excess skin removal. Abby X is an innovative procedure that allows us to maximize how much fat we can take out and also remove the excess skin. The great thing about it is recovery is minimal and you're back to yourself in a short time. I got a flat, tight tummy fast thanks to Abby X. I went to Sonobello and I did the Ab EX and oh my gosh, I was able to get back in my size 8 jeans. I feel sexy, I feel confident, and most of all, I feel like the old me before I had my baby. I had Sonobello Ab EX over three months ago. I just can't believe it. Like. It's so bomb. I went to Sonobello almost five months ago. Before my procedure, I wore a size 11, and now... Fuck off. Okay. Right.
Or diaper dawn. For diaper dawn. For uh, diaper dawn. <laughs> Paper dawn. <laughs> Cry. Shit clown. Clown. Paper dawn. Paper dawn. Running out of ways to describe this lunatic. Suck up chump, suck up chump. Time of the season, great pumpkin wall. Super bad. Jim Brown. Sandman, maybe. If I'm on my own thing, scraping your pillow time. Lafonza Butler is said to make history as the first openly LGBTQ person to represent California in the Senate. Here's what you know about Senator Feinstein's successor. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome, ladies. <laughs> Welcome, lady. 
You're welcome, lady. Awesome, welcome, lady. So cool. In every room. People say privately all the time Nicole and not on Wallace. TL very often. Something really bad is going to happen. Okay? Shit's about to hit the fan in this country. Fox News had to veer away from a lunatic spewing hatred and death threats for Democratic officials in New York because of the migrant yeah. caucus. Everyone is on... Uh, I don't even know the word. Everyone is, knows that we're walking into something hideous and no one will do anything. Yeah. I refuse to believe that nothing can be done. These are people getting their information in part because of the vacuum being created by people with, I don't even know if we call it a spine anymore. That might be an insult to spines. But there are still people out there with followings. He can go out and, and here's, here's what I want to ask you. When something happens, what do you want to be able to tell your kids and grandkids you did? You good with nothing? You good with, I didn't do anything because I didn't think anyone would listen to me. Trump tweeted something mean about me someday. Because you did something. I tried to do something. Where are all of the Republicans who still have little slivers of a following in the cesspool that is the MAGA base? Charlie, I'm going to say something that uh, people say privately all the time and not on TL very often. Something really bad is going to happen. Okay, shit's about to hit the fan in this country. Fox News had to veer away from a lunatic spewing hatred and death threats for Democratic officials in New York because of the migrant yeah. caucus. Everyone is on, uh, I don't even know the word. Everyone is, knows that we're walking into something hideous and no one will do anything. Yeah. I refuse to believe that nothing can be done. These are people getting their information in part because of the vacuum being created by people with, I don't even know if we call it a spine anymore. That might be an insult to spines. But there are still people out there with followings. He can go out and, and here's, here's what I want to ask you. When something happens, what do you want to be able to tell your kids and grandkids you did? You good with nothing? But blue Republicans are just like the cops in Texas. Not only are they brainless, but gutless cowards. Not only stupid and corrupt, but... Republicans are not only stupid and corrupt, they're incompetent.
Nicole Wallace. Okay, and I'm gonna as it demonstrates the House GOP and Donald Trump's continued attacks on our institutions and on our democracy, and the House GOP's complete inability to govern in a serious manner. As they're holding this hearing, as we see just two days before a potential devastating government shutdown, and the fact that most Republican members on this committee didn't even bother to show up for the hearing this morning. Their own star witness said right here in this committee this morning that he doesn't even believe that there's enough evidence to meet the standards needed for impeachment. And in doing this, our colleagues across the aisle are making a mockery of this institution and of our Constitution, peddling in conspiracy theories, peddling the conspiracy theories that root... ...and Donald Trump themselves tried to get the American people to believe, and which Donald Trump's DOJ debunked. It's outrageous. So let's be clear about what this hearing actually is. It's an effort to undermine our democracy, to diminish Donald Trump's own two impeachments, his first impeachment for trying to illegally bribe a foreign government to help him with his campaign, and the second for a deadly insurrection in the halls of this Capitol after he asked his followers to tear through the halls of Congress, which they did with zip ties looking to execute the former vice president. And we know that Donald Trump has called for this impeachment inquiry. Battery low. Evidence from his own social. You can see it right here. He says, impeach the bum. And we also know that he's been directly coordinating with members of this committee as reported by the New York Times right here. A member of this committee has been briefing Donald Trump on this inquiry. We also know that if Donald Trump doesn't get his way, he wants his loyalists to shut down the government. How do we know that? Because he posted it right here on his social media. And his loyalists in this committee, who are doing his bidding for him today, retweeted it. <laughs> and in fact, it actually says right here that the reason why they want to defund the government and impeach is because this is the last chance to defund these political prosecutions against me. So folks, this is not a serious inquiry. This is not a serious hearing. In fact, the witnesses here don't even believe there's enough evidence to impeach. Their own members don't even believe there's a much, is enough evidence to impeach. In fact, they refuse to hold a vote on the floor of the House of Representatives because they didn't have enough Republican members who would vote for it. That's why we're here today. It's outrageous. So what is this hearing actually about? It's a campaign strategy. It's a misuse of official resources. It is this committee and loyalists of Donald Trump doing his bidding to bolster his chances of winning back the White House and securing their majority in the next election. And in the process, 
to diminish the name of impeachment, which is enshrined in the U.S. Constitution, which we take an oath to uphold, and to make Donald Trump's crimes, including his two impeachments and his 91 criminal indictment counts, look like they're not serious crimes. When you think about it, it's chilling. It's truly chilling. It's another attack on our democracy and our institutions. It's another attack on fair and free elections and the use of this committee to try to carry it out. So I just want to say, I think it's obvious who the grand puppet master is here. He tweeted about it on his own social. And we see the long arm, but little hands, of Mr. Donald Trump whose fingerprints are all over this hearing and this sham impeachment. But we know that the American people are smart, that they're not going to be fooled by what's happening here today, and especially as they shut the government down in two days with catastrophic impacts for our communities. And with that, I yield back. As it demonstrates the House GOP and Donald Trump's continued attacks on our institutions and on our democracy, and the House GOP's complete inability to govern in a serious manner. As they're holding this hearing, as we see just two days before a potential devastating government shutdown, and the fact that most Republican members on this committee didn't even bother to show up for the hearing this morning. Their own star witness said right here in this committee this morning that he doesn't even believe that there's enough evidence to meet the standards needed for impeachment. And in doing this, our colleagues across the aisle are making a mockery of this institution and of our Constitution, peddling in conspiracy theories, peddling the conspiracy theories that Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump themselves tried to get the American people to believe, and which Donald Trump's DOJ debunked. It's outrageous. So let's be clear about what this hearing actually is. It's an effort to undermine our democracy, to diminish Donald Trump's own two impeachments, his first impeachment for trying to illegally bribe a foreign government to help him with his campaign, and the second for a deadly insurrection in the halls of this Capitol after he asked his followers to tear through the halls of Congress, which they did with zip ties looking to execute the former vice president. And we know that Donald Trump has called for this impeachment inquiry because we have the direct evidence from his own social. You can see it right here. He says, impeach the bum. And we also know that he's been directly coordinating with members of this committee, as reported by the New York Times right here. A member of this committee has been briefing Donald Trump on this inquiry. We also know that if Donald Trump doesn't get his way, he wants his loyalists to shut down the government. How do we know that? Because he posted it right here on his social media. And his loyalists in this committee, who are doing his bidding for him today, retweeted it. 
And in fact, it actually says right here that the reason why they want to defund the government and impeach is because this is the last chance to defund these political prosecutions against me. So folks, this is not a serious inquiry. This is not a serious hearing. In fact, the witnesses here don't even believe there's enough evidence to impeach. Their own members don't even believe there's a much, is enough evidence to impeach. In fact, they refused to hold a vote on the floor of the House of Representatives because they didn't have enough Republican members who would vote for it. That's why we're here today. It's outrageous. So what is this hearing actually about? It's a campaign strategy. It's a misuse of official resources. It is this committee and loyalists of Donald Trump doing his bidding to bolster his chances of winning back the White House and securing their majority in the next election. And in the process, to diminish the name of impeachment, which is enshrined in the U.S. Constitution, which we take an oath to uphold, and to make Donald Trump's crimes, including his two impeachments and his 91 criminal indictment counts, look like they're not serious crimes. When you think about it, it's chilling. It's truly chilling. It's another attack on our democracy and our institutions. It's another attack on fair and free elections and the use of this committee to try to carry it out. So I just want to say, I think it's obvious who the grand puppet master is here. He tweeted about it on his own social. And we see the long arm, but little hands, of Mr. Donald Trump whose fingerprints are all over this hearing and this sham impeachment. But we know that the American people are smart, that they're not going to be fooled by what's happening here today, and especially as they shut the government down in two days with catastrophic impacts for our communities. And with that, I yield back. As it demonstrates the House GOP and Donald Trump's continued attacks on our institutions and on our democracy, and the House GOP's complete inability to govern in a serious manner. As they're holding this hearing, as we see just two days before a potential devastating government shutdown, and the fact that most Republican members on this committee didn't even bother to show up for the hearing this morning. Their own star witness said right here in this committee this morning that he doesn't even believe that there's enough evidence to meet the standards needed for impeachment. And in doing this, our colleagues across the aisle are making a mockery of this institution and of our Constitution, peddling in conspiracy theories, peddling the conspiracy theories that Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump themselves tried to get the American people to believe, and which Donald Trump's DOJ debunked. It's outrageous. So let's be clear about what this hearing actually is. It's an effort to undermine our democracy, to diminish Donald Trump's own two impeachments, his first impeachment for trying to illegally bribe a foreign government to help him with his campaign, and the second 
for a deadly insurrection in the halls of this Capitol after he asked his followers to tear through the halls of Congress, which they did with zip ties looking to execute the former vice president. And we know that Donald Trump has called for this impeachment inquiry because we have the direct evidence from his own social. You can see it right here. He says, impeach the bum. And we also know that he's been directly coordinating with members of this committee as reported by the New York Times right here. A member of this committee has been briefing Donald Trump on this inquiry. We also know that if Donald Trump doesn't get his way, he wants his loyalists to shut down the government. How do we know that? Because he posted it right here on his social media. And his loyalists in this com committee who are doing his bidding for him today, retweeted it. And in fact, it actually says right here that the reason why they want to defund the government and impeach is because this is the last chance to defund these political prosecutions against me. So folks, this is not a serious inquiry. This is not a serious hearing. In fact, the witnesses here don't even believe there's enough evidence to impeach. Their own members don't even believe there's a much, is enough evidence to impeach. In fact, they refused to hold a vote on the floor of the House of Representatives because they didn't have enough Republican members who would vote for it. That's why we're here today. It's outrageous. So what is this hearing actually about? It's a campaign strategy. It's a misuse of official resources. It is this committee and loyalists of Donald Trump doing his bidding to bolster his chances of winning back the White House and securing their majority in the next election. And in the process, to diminish the name of impeachment, which is enshrined in the U.S. Constitution, which we take an oath to uphold, and to make Donald Trump's crimes, including his two impeachments and his 91 criminal indictment counts, look like they're not serious crimes. When you think about it, it's chilling. It's truly chilling. It's another attack on our democracy and our institutions. It's another attack on fair and free elections and the use of this committee to try to carry it out. So I just want to say, I think it's obvious who the grand puppet master is here. He tweeted about it on his own social, and we see the long arm, the little hands, of Mr. Donald Trump, whose fingerprints are all over this hearing and this sham impeachment. But we know that the American people are smart, that they're not going to be fooled, by what's happening here today, and especially as they shut the government down in two days with catastrophic impacts for our communities. And with that, I yield back. As it demonstrates the House GOP and Donald Trump's continued attacks on our institutions and on our democracy, and the House GOP's complete inability to govern in a serious manner. As they're holding this hearing, as we see just two days before a potential devastating government shutdown, and the fact that most Republican members on this committee 
didn't even bother to show up for the hearing this morning. Their own star witness said right here in this committee this morning that he doesn't even believe that there's enough evidence to meet the standards needed for impeachment. And in doing this, our colleagues across the aisle are making a mockery of this institution and of our Constitution, peddling in conspiracy theories, peddling the conspiracy theories that Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump themselves tried to get the American people to believe, and which Donald Trump's DOJ debunked. It's outrageous. So let's be clear about what this hearing actually is. It's an effort to undermine our democracy, to diminish Donald Trump's own two impeachments, his first impeachment for trying to illegally bribe a foreign government to help him with his campaign, and the second for a deadly insurrection in the halls of this Capitol after he asked his followers to tear through the halls of Congress, which they did with zip ties looking to execute the former vice president. And we know that Donald Trump has called for this impeachment inquiry because we have the direct evidence from his own social. You can see it right here. He says, impeach the bum. And we also know that he's been directly coordinating with members of this committee as reported by the New York Times right here. A member of this committee has been briefing Donald Trump on this inquiry. We also know that if Donald Trump doesn't get his way, he wants his loyalists to shut down the government. How do we know that? Because he posted it right here on his social media. 